national divorce. Talk about it all the time. How many times have you heard me talk about it? Let's, for the you new viewers, just a brief recap. I've always, well not always, recently in years, I've noticed something. We're not a nation. We're, we're not a nation anymore. You know, you can only be a nation if you share common values with each other. You don't have to think alike, but you have to have something in common, some sort of co common values. If you don't, you're not a nation. It's just a big powder keg waiting to explode. You're in a cage officially with someone you hate. So, well, I've used this example before. If you're a husband and wife couple, and eventually he decides he wants to move out to the suburbs, white picket fence, church on Sunday, raise three or four kids. That's what he wants out of the marriage. That's what he wants out of life. And she decides, no, she'd rather go tour with her favorite band in Europe and do black tar heroin. Well, there's no common ground there. It's not like she just wants to live in the city and he wants to live in the suburbs. There's no common ground there. They're going to have to go their separate ways. It's better for both of them, right? Otherwise, the cops are getting called every night. They're shouting over here. Well, that's where we are as a country. There's no common values anymore, none, between us and the communists. None. We don't, we don't share any. And so I've always had this dream that we would just come together and agree on the one thing I believe we can agree on. We hate each other. I'm not naive. They hate me. They hate you. They do. They hate you. They would love to imprison you, actually, for what you believe. Don't think I'm over-exaggerating on that. We've had poll after poll after poll that show the majority of Democrats believe you should have your children taken away from you and or be locked up if you didn't take a vaccine. We're dealing with communists here who would love to hurt you for what you believe. And that's fine. Look, because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even pointing fingers. I feel the same way about them. If you're a human being who, let's say, you're in charge of kids, and you tell a 12-year-old boy behind his parents' back that he should chop his penis off and become a woman, I think you should be thrown in a dark hole for the rest of your life. I hate them too. I get it. We hate each other. I get it. But we can agree on that, right? So I always wanted us to come together, just like in a divorce. It'd be ugly, be uncomfortable. They send their representatives. We send ours. I will, of course, lead that delegation. And we sit down with some sort of a neutral arbitrator. And we just divide up the country. The assets, the liabilities, who gets the kids, who gets the dogs, who gets California, who gets New York, how much of the military. We just sit. We just take the time. We hash it out. And we just go our separate ways. But I'm not stupid. I know that's not going to happen. I'm not naive. These things do happen. It is happening, which we're about to get into. But it just takes time. There won't be a sit-down where we work things out over weeks and months of meetings. These things take time. We just had a, a midterm election. And I know there's all kinds of chatter after a midterm election. And I've done a bunch of this, too. Okay, what did we win? What did we lose? Who do we blame? What we... Of course, this is normal post-election talk. But one of the things people simply aren't discussing at all is the red areas got a lot redder. The blue areas got a lot bluer. Why? Oh, it's Ron DeSantis. I mean, yeah, you can give Ron DeSantis a bunch of credit for Florida. He deserves it. No question about that. But the truth is, Republicans left their blue state and they moved to a state where they could be free. People vote with their feet. They're already voting with their feet. And as Republicans leave these blue areas and go to red states and make them redder, 
that is already in turn pushing communists out of red states and pushing them into blue states. I know a, a realtor in Austin, Texas, here in Texas, already telling me uh, with Texas's abortion laws and things like that, horrified communists are already selling their homes. They're gone. I don't want to live under this authoritarianism. The divorce is already happening. And so that's why I've been telling you time and time and time again, move now. If you're behind enemy lines, move. Move for a lot of different reasons. And I get responses like this, and I get it. I get it. This one says, Jesse, or I know Jesse, but Pennsylvania is my home. How can you expect me to just be willing to get up and leave? I like it here. Why should they get to take it over and destroy it? Easy for you to say, make a red state redder. But in practice, it's not so easy. Well, who said it was easy? And who said this was fair? It's the divorce. It's awful. You ever known anybody going through a divorce? And any one of your friends, maybe you've gone through one yourself. Did you enjoy the experience? It's awful. It's terrible. Ah, I just get to see the kids on the weekend. No way. You're taking the dog. I love the dog. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks to live in a country that has destroyed itself from within. It sucks to live in a place where we were too weak to stop the hundred-year march of communists through our institutions. That's where we live now. I know it sucks. But also keep in mind, when I tell you to do this, I have lived this. I have done it. I've moved across the country multiple times. One time, I packed up because I was living in D.C. for a year. We moved there for a year. Blue place. Hated it. Sucked. Everyone's so rude. It's all liberal. It's horrible. I quit my job without a job and threw the family in a minivan and just started driving across the country. And I moved clear to Texas without a job and found a job on Craigslist selling RVs. When I tell you to move, don't ever say it to me. Easy for you to say, brother, I've done it. I know how hard it is. I know it's scary. And let me tell you something. It's worth it. It is worth it worth it every single every day it becomes more and more worth it every single day because the little experiences you have i mean there are a bunch of reasons we'll get into them in a second but the little experiences you have every single day when you live and work around people who share your values it makes your whole life better your entire life is better trust me as someone who's done it trust me it it works or i'll get people who don't want to move they'll say this Jesse, we just need to stop the fraud. Let's stop the election fraud. I got, I got a bunch of that. Stop the election fraud is what they said. Okay. What we need, all we have to do in North Korea is stop the, the concentration camps. That's what you sound like. So we need to stop the fraud in Pennsylvania. How are you going to do that? We need to stop the fraud in Michigan. What's your plan for that? They're all Democrat run. Do you think Democrats are interesting, interested in stopping the fraud, cleaning up elections? They're the reason we have all this. They've done all this on purpose. There's a reason the red states have all their election results in on election day. Boom, boom, boom. You know the results. And for some reason, these Democrat-controlled blue states seem to take a little bit of extra time. There's a reason Democrats, their national party platform is that you shouldn't have to show an ID to vote. Why do you think that is? I stop the fraud. We can't. We don't have the power in those areas to stop the fraud. You can move to a red state and they'll pass voter ID laws and strict voting laws and they'll stop the fraud. 
Just, we have to live in the world as it is. And do I need to remind you about COVID and the lockdowns? Yes, I live in a state of Texas that was far from perfect when it came to COVID lockdowns. Our governor's kind of useless and that sucked. But I have to travel a bit to do, you know, fancy TV things, but I have to travel a bit. So I was traveling during COVID. When I would uh, have to go from Texas to New York, you always end up in New York City for something. When I would go to New York, it was like I moved to a different planet. It, it was insane. In Texas, during the height of COVID, not in 2021, in 2020, we were having big neighborhood cookouts, parties, kids out playing, living life, walking through the grocery store, no mask on. That's what it's like in a red area. How was it in your blue area? To which you might be saying, do you mean now? Well, Jesse, well, COVID's over. <laughs> COVID's over? You know what? I want you to look at this. Look at this video, New York and Florida. We are enacting a statewide indoor mask mandate unless a business has a vaccination mandate. Some people say, hey, these local governments wanted to lock down businesses. They wanted to force mandates. They wanted to keep the kids locked out of school. Yeah, you're damn right I overruled them on that because they were wrong. Which state do you want to live in? Jesse, but COVID's over. <laughs> COVID's over? Man, COVID wasn't a one-off. COVID was a preview. COVID was a stress test. The tyrants in this country, they decided to see just how much tyranny they could bring to the land of the free. And they brought a lot. They turned the United States of America, parts of it anyway, into a complete police state where people were calling to report in on neighbors if, if, if they went to work, if they opened up a little shop. Americans informing on each other like it's East Germany. This was a stress test. You think that's the last time they're going to do something like that? And what, what world do you happen to be living in? Not the last time. It was a preview of what to come. Now, here's one other reason. You have to. You're, look, you're just a person. I'm just a person. We're just citizens, right? We do need some form of state protection, especially as the federal government is increasingly evil and aggressive, especially going after people like you, people like me. You have to have some form of protection. Have you seen what they've done to the January 6th political prisoners? They have thrown the book at these people. One guy, at least one guy was forced by the judge to denounce verbally his own actions. It was weird, I, honestly, like a struggle session straight out of Mao's China. Why, how does that happen? Well, if you're in blue Washington, D.C., let's see, you have a blue, na uh, blue mayor, blue city council, lots of blue people on the police force. Oh, and did I mention, if you happen to have to go to trial in the Washington, D.C. area, I believe it's 92% Democrat, so your peers who are going to be your jury and decide your fate in your blue area, they're all Democrats who think you're a Nazi. I do not believe that I am as extreme uh, in the way that Marjorie Taylor Greene on the Republican side is extreme. I believe in 
the full integrity of our elections. I believe in American democracy. And the other side of the aisle is extreme. They're out of control. They're off the hook. They don't believe in democracy. This MAGA crowd is really the most extreme political organization that's existed in American history. Extreme Nazi, extreme white supremacist, extreme, extreme, extreme. That jury that's going to be judging you, that's what they think about you. Now, let me tell you, if you were on a jury over a Nazi, an extreme Nazi, you think you'd be inclined to convict him? Yeah. You need to get to a place where you might have a chance should the legal system come after you. Oh, and one last thing. This trans insanity stuff, this... Blech. It's not going away. I'm gender fluid. Woo, yay. Um, I, for me personally, I never use she. I, ne I just never feel feminine. I figured it's about time that I came out and talked about my gender identity. I am trigender, which means like a triangle, I have three genders. Male, female, and non-binary. Know what's not a problem for kids who are seeking a good education? Drag queens, okay? Let me say this, drag queens, not only are they not hurting our kids, drag queens make everything better. I say this, a drag queen for every school. That, that is what would be fun. Jesse, it's just a couple lunatics on TikTok, really? That last lady, drag queen for every school? That's the attorney general for the state of Michigan. That, that person, what do you think they think about you and your values? And it's not going to stop with the trans stuff. I've told you before where it goes from there. Get to a place where your family can be happy. Get to a place where your family can be protected. Get to a place where you can still have some semblance of a normal life, of the life that you've enjoyed and your parents enjoyed and their parents before them. All that may have made you uncomfortable but I am right. I'm going to talk to my boy, Dave Reboy, next. Florida's an example that, you know what? You can get the big things right. You can get things right. Imagine if you had a bureaucracy and leadership like they did in New York. Would that bridge have been fixed in three days? Is there anybody here that thinks that bridge would have been fixed in three days with that bureaucratic mindset? Of course it wouldn't have. If anyone does believe that, please talk to me after this because I have oceanfront property I would like to sell you in Arizona. Joining me now, my friend Dave Reboy of the great Substack, I love it, Late Republic Nonsense. Dave, when we first started hanging out, you were in a very, very blue area, and now you reside in Florida. People have heard me say it a thousand times. Would you please elaborate for the masses the difference in living in, like, D.C. or New York and Florida? Oh, my gosh. Well, it, it doesn't even, you don't even need to go to the level of what uh, Governor DeSantis uh, just mentioned when he, when he talked about the the lack of absurd crippling bureaucracy in some of these uh, these blue states that prevent uh, you know prevent government and 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 private uh, businesses and people from functioning in a normal and productive way without interference. 
I mean, it's a, a lot more basic than that, and uh, and it gets to it gets to something that I guess we'll we'll wind up talking about, which is that you don't need to be surrounded by people who despise you, and that's running into somebody at the supermarket or at the gym or wherever. Um, you know, if you are a a, a right leaning person in a blue state. Um, odds are you feel this dark cloud around you wherever you go. You feel like you are, uh, like you don't belong and that people hate you because guess what? They do. And the left historically has been very good about, about keeping and holding territory. I mean, I lived most of my life in blue areas. I lived in New York and in San Francisco and in Washington, D.C. And um, one thing the left does very well is it they give you a sense that you are not welcome if you do not share their politics. And it's at every moment. It's it's the the graffiti on the on the uh, on the streets. It's the signs in the windows. It's the random um, uh, you know offhand comments from from people in the supermarket line. Um, it's it's everything. And and once you walk away from that and go to a place where you are more welcome, where you feel like, hey, the people, most of the people around you agree with you. It's like th this cloud lifts and you actually feel so much better. You feel more optimistic about the future. And, and, and frankly, you're just happier. So to me, I don't understand why people waste another moment being under this cloud. And, uh, and, and you know, I think they should just uh, get up and go. And if they can't do that, then they should at least um, figure out how they can get up and go. Maybe not tomorrow or the next day or even a year from now, but every just about everybody can can come up with a plan to go to a place where they're surrounded by people who, who think like them and don't despise them. You're so right. I tell people all the time, it's not just, you know, the state protection level and things like that or, or what they did versus COVID or not. It's the little experiences. Every mm -hmm. single day you get a thousand little experiences yes. that make life better and the sense of community just changes everything. All right, you know what? I want to move to something else real quick. Ron DeSantis, Florida Republicans, had a big night. He was a little bit of it. We have embraced freedom. We have maintained law and order. We have protected the rights of parents. We have respected our taxpayers. And we reject woke ideology. We fight the woke in the legislature. We fight the woke in the schools. We fight the woke in the corporations. We will never, ever surrender to the woke mob. Florida is where woke goes to die. Dave, Ron DeSantis won Florida by about, oh, that much the first time he was elected. And now he's up there sounding like some kind of fire-breathing right-winger and won by 20 points. How does that happen? Um, it happens because he was right on many of the uh, many of the, the kind of key issues of our time, and he very smartly um, picked fights that uh, that were important fights to have, and and uh, and he was unafraid to use state power in advancing um, some of these important issues that, um, that that people face. I mean, the Disney thing was huge, the COVID thing was huge. Um, I mean, probably the COVID thing was was the biggest. Um, it was it was the biggest game changer. And I mean, I still think I was here 
Um, I was here and I traveled throughout um, throughout the year of, of COVID. And I saw the difference between Florida and the rest of the country, um, not just in blue states, but also in, in other red states as well. And Florida was a beacon. And a, had it not been for Ron DeSantis, who got pilloried by the media and, um, and, and, by, and by politicians, I mean, they came up, they made up stories that he was dumping dead COVID bodies in the Everglades um, to hide them. I mean, they went completely crazy on him. And he did not bend and he did not buckle. And, uh, and it's really because of him that, that the rest of the country managed to, uh, to open up because Florida is uh, one of, the, one of the, the, the nation's biggest states and it does carry a lot of weight. And if we would have had Gillum or if we would have had even a wishy-washy uh, Republican, you know, semi-conservative, pale red kind of guy, um, it, it would not have happened this way because, um, because uh, he was just, um, he, look, I mean, he was just great and, and he had no fear. And um, it, yeah. it created the, the, the tidal wave of um, you know a tidal wave towards uh, towards freedom and look I mean the, the the proof is in the pudding you see how many people moved to Florida um, in in that time and you also see how many people changed their party registrations from Democrat to Republican in this time I mean it's 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 absolutely unprecedented. Dave Reboy, late Republic nonsense is his Substack. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. All right. We'll debate action with Kira and Dave Marcus next. Don't think for a second, I'll talk more about that in a moment, uh, that we are not doing anything except accelerating. I mentioned what we're doing on permitting and procurement, accelerating that transition to low carbon, uh, renewable sources of energy. Governor, these are master manipulators. They have this conspiracy going all across America to try and convince people that in democratic states they're not as safe. You know what? I'm looking forward to this. My friends Kira Davis and Dave Marcus are about to argue with me, and I love it. Joining me now, Kira Davis, editor-at-large of Red State. Dave Marcus, columnist, New York Post. I read all his stuff. All right, Kira, I'm going to ask you both the same question. I'll go to you first. Why are you still in this blue hellhole of California where I think like half your votes have been counted by now, and it's only going to get worse? Why subject yourself to that? Come to Texas. <laughs> Not all of us need to be in Texas, Jesse. Is the whole of the United States supposed to be in Texas and Florida? What happens to the rest of the yes. country then? I mean, you and your national divorce, I'll have you, I'll remind you, Jesse, that two California congressmen just saved the House in DC. Two California congressmen, if we all leave California, who is here to hold the line? Who is here to put up a fight? I mean, I'm not saying that I'm super excited to be here, but there are a lot of reasons why I live in California. I don't live by myself. 
I have a family. I have a husband who has a job here. I have a daughter who goes to school here. I have a lot of ties to California, and there are a lot of reasons why, even if I wanted to get up and move, I couldn't really afford to get up and move. So some of us have to stay and fight. I, I understand your point of view, and I understand that it is frustrating. I mean, no one is more frustrated than me right now, Jesse. I'm running for school board, and only half my votes are counted right now, and I'm behind. Oh, so I, I definitely am you know, frustrated, but at the same time, I don't think you can discount what Californians are doing here to to affect real change. And there are a lot of failures going on here. The GOP, the state GOP has been a massive failure, and that's something that should change and can change. But the idea that we're all supposed to just pick up and move to red states or move to Texas, what happens to the rest of the country? And then what happens to the electoral votes? Okay. Dave, I put the question out there. Why are you living in New York City, Dave? I remember going to New York City during COVID, and it was like I stepped into a, a different planet of hell. The streets were empty, everything's locked, but you're a New York guy. Why not come live by me? So, I mean, first of all, I, I'd like to say that I, I see, I'll see um, California's two Republican flips and raise you five Republican flips in New York, um, which is <laughs> how we wound up with the... Uh, the house not not to turn this into a new york versus la thing that see that's what that's what inevitably is going to happen here jesse we're just going to ignore texas and <laughs> sort of bicker with each other um but look, but look i think what i think what kira said is on the mark i would certainly be open to uh living in a red state or a blue state right i, I live in a very blue place called brooklyn but my part of brooklyn isn't blue at all uh i have a republican congresswoman who just won re-election with double digits um, the, the entirety of South Brooklyn really did have a, a red wave, in large part because of what you said, which was that the lockdowns were so terrible that it's it's not just that people have a lingering anger about it, it's that the city still doesn't work the way it should. Um, you know, you get on the subway, you, you just have no idea where you're going to wind up, like literally, no announcement, no nothing, just like the doors open and you hope you're close. <laughs> so, I, I'm, seriously. Um, at but, least you have public transportation, Dave. We don't have anything here. I thought, wait, your 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 high speed rail between Los Angeles yeah. and San Francisco isn't done yet. I thought that was no. Uh, <laughs> no, still working on that. So look, yeah, that's it. People like different lifestyles. They like different access to things. I do like being able to walk to the bodega at midnight and grab a pack of cigarettes if I need it. Um, that kind of thing. Uh, so it's it's a lot of lifestyle stuff and. You know, as to the divorce, like I said, someplace like New York, there really are these red areas. So I'm just not sure geographically, we, we don't have a Mason-Dixon line here uh, to play with. So I'm just not quite sure how it would work. Now, look, I don't disagree, and you both make great points. Uh, to Kira's point, I realize everyone has, lots of people have ties they can't leave. And to Dave's point, people have lifestyles. Uh, New Yorkers love New York, and you know I love New York, Dave. We have enjoyed ourselves there on more than one occasion. I love New York. but. Where I, it's not where we're at, even. It's where I see us going, Kira. As, as, the, as the country is already separating, we're never going to have this divorce I want to have where we sit down and talk, but the country's already separating. People are voting with their feet. So as the country separates and the blue places get bluer, life gets worse for the Davis family. And I'm actually pulling for you, not against you. That's why I tell you to move. Well, thanks a lot, Jesse, for your concern. Uh, but, uh, um, look, the Davis family is right where we're supposed to be. I don't call all the shots, and I definitely believe that I have a calling also as a woman of faith. And, 
and that's not something that that I take very lightly when it's time to pick up and go God will tell me and I'll go but I've never been a quitter um, I wish I could be I really do wish I could be but I don't have it in me um, I've only ever had to fight in my life and I'm going to keep fighting it's all I know how to do and I do believe that um, I understand the country is voting with their feet things are changing but this is nothing that I haven't seen before. I've been doing this job in politics going on 15 years now. I came in on the Tea Party movement. And back then people were moving, voting with their feet. And back then we were talking about a national divorce. And back then we were talking about we're never going to win another election. And the Democrats have it sewed up. This is all cyclical. And at some point, you know, we will be in another red cycle. I definitely believe that. And there are small points of hope. I mean, you look at Kevin Kiley coming out of um, Northern California, going to the House now. Great candidate, great future for the GOP in California if the party can get their crap together enough to, to pull it together. But there are a lot of us on the ground. I'm, I'm exactly in the same spot as Dave, right? There are red, deeply, deeply red spots in California. And in fact, we do have enough Republican voters in the state to swing elections, but the, devote, the vote, excuse me, is depressed. So, um, I, I, you know, would be fun to move to a place where everybody thinks like me and votes like me, but that is not my calling. And so until it's time to go, I'm going to be here and I'm going to fight. I don't know how to quit. Dave, actually, I could probably ask both of you this question. For people who can't move or won't move, you know, you're stuck in New York, you're stuck in California or want to be there. What advice do you have for people? Because I get emails all the time, Jesse, I'd love to move, I can't. Jesse, my mom's sick, I can't. Jesse, I can't, and I totally get that. So what, what do you tell that person? Well, look, I mean, I think within the area that you live, uh, there are different options. I mean, I talk to my neighbors about politics quite a lot, right? It's part, partially because they know it's my job, whatever, you know, we do that. Uh, if I lived in the West Village, uh, those conversations might get ugly, but I don't. I live in Diker Heights, so the conversations are, are perfectly fine. Part of what I think you've tapped into that's a very big problem in our society is the number of people for whom politics is a, a very important part of their identity, right? Politics and being a conservative is a very important part of my job and my career, not my identity. Right. Being a Catholic is being a dad is being a neighbor is all, all of all of these things. And I think ultimately what we need is for people to, to look at elections as what they are, you know, j just elections, not their faith, not their religion, not not the seat where their soul lives. Um, and, and that, I think, would, would calm things down a, a little bit um, and really help everybody be a, a bit more sane. That's a yeah, but the problem. Issue. Can I insert something here, no, Jesse? Yeah. Of course, I think of course. That's, a that's a pipeline issue, Dave. We don't have the pipeline that the Democrats have. Mm -hmm. So I'm running for school board. I mean, I can't believe I'm saying that I'm still running for school board, but I am still running for school board here in California. And um, the Dems have owned our school boards and they own the curriculum, they own the unions, they own the education system. And we've seen that Gen Z came out hard relatively speaking in a midterm election and it did make a difference well they've been 
curating those voters for 12 years before those kids get to the to voting box. The GOP has no long-term plan. So we don't have a pipeline. We don't have a long-term strategy to get those voters. So these, what I'm saying is these kids are being educated to believe that politics are their identity, that who they have sex with is their identity, and that that must be protected at all costs. So if we want to compete on that level, we've got to change the pipeline. We at least got to get one started. Yes, I, I, I agree. And I, and I think in general, the Republican Party and the conservative movement struggle in urban areas. I think there's some structural reasons for that, which is that if you're choosing to live in a small area with nine million people in it, you're giving up some of your rights. I mean, you just have to, right? There have to be zoning laws. There have to be, it doesn't work otherwise. But I don't think that means that a conservative message can't succeed. In fact, four of those districts that flipped in New York were in the New York metro area. So uh, yeah, I agree with you. We, we need to do a much better job in these places. Kira, Dave, wishing you guys the best. Hope to see you close to me soon. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Thanks for having me, buddy. Thanks, Jesse. All right, we're not done yet. Hang on. I think the Republican Party is sort of this extremist, uh, anti-science, nativist, um, you know, embracing uh, white supremacist, insurrectionist party at this point. White nationalists, uh, anarchists, whatever in this country that are using mass mandates and a public health crisis to sort of wage, uh, wage chaos. Domestic terrorism from white supremacists is the most lethal terrorist threat in the homeland. What I know is the law and what I know is what white people are willing to do to defend white supremacy. Like the roots of the anti-abortion movement, these bans are rooted in patriarchy and white supremacy. Joining me now, Jeffrey Tucker, founder and president of the Brownstone Institute. Jeff, Jeffrey, I talk all the time about national divorce that I already see happening. It's very clear we are separating and frankly should separate. They, they hate me. I've to be honest, feel the same about them. Why do we have to live together? The idea of this country was that we didn't have to all marry each other, right? I mean, that was never, so therefore the divorce was never necessary. <clears throat> the idea is that you have a small government that allows maximum freedom for everybody and, and doesn't allow people to have to push each other around or impose their values on each other. Under that kind of system, it really works. But once you establish a unitary state, and put you know one power in charge, you're going to have infinite struggles about what the values and priorities of that power is going to be. So I blame a lot of the so-called divisions in this country on that power struggle to control. I mean, it, the easy answer here would be to restore a constitutional system with uh, ex extreme federalism and decentralized control and let everybody just do their thing. You know, as they say, so long as you're not hurting other people, you're good to go. But that's, that's not where we're headed. So I th that's what I would blame all the divisions in this country on, is just this, this mega state and the struggle to control. Totally agree with you. Uh, so let me ask you a hard question. I mean, we on the right, we love the Constitution. I do too. Bill of Rights, everybody knows it. Freedom, lim lim limited government, all these things. Did we get it wrong? 
in the beginning? I, and I realize what, what America was and how wonderful it was, but doesn't it make it inevitable that if you have a live and let live country that you are eventually going to be infected with some kind of ideology that doesn't go along with any live and let live stuff? In fact, they want to dominate. Wasn't, isn't that just human nature? Uh, well, it, um, maybe, but I do think that the Constitution was a noble experiment. You know, it, we, it, it, it grew out of an Enlightenment philosophy, and we did our best, they did their best, to try to restrain the state with a piece of parchment. Uh, a lot of things went wrong in the meantime. Of course, there were some problems from the very beginning, you know, among which slavery, but, but many others. And uh, unfortunately, um, over the last hundred years, especially, we've seen the rise of administrative states. So that's a very interesting case, right? Because we know who's in charge of this country right now. It's not the elected politicians, it's the permanent bureaucrats, right? So, um, and there are 435 agencies that rule without uh, oversight really effectively from courts and certainly not uh, from the elected branches of the government. That thing is not in the constitution, right? So a return to the constitution would actually fix uh, probably 80, 90 percent of the of the problems in this country. I'll, tell, I'll mention one other thing too that I think is really interesting. And I wonder if you've thought about this. But the map, the electoral map that we saw from the midterm, showed a lot of geography that was painted red, and then just little tiny cities in each state that were painted blue. Right, and th that was a a very strange thing. And we've seen this, you know, again and again in many elections over the past. If it were not for the 17th Amendment, that would not be happening. The 17th Amendment allowed for the directional election of senators and in effect allowed big and urban centers to swamp the political influence of everybody who lives outside of them. Majorities in the large major cities are determining everything. I mean, New York would have uh, two red centers if, if, if the 17th Amendment were not passed. So I mean, the idea of a bicameral system of Congress is that one was supposed to be direct, elected directly by the people, and the other was appointed by the state legislatures that themselves were representative of the whole geography and the whole people of the state so that you wouldn't get this strange bias towards urban centers dominating and basically oppressing everybody else. So that was the 17th Amendment, and that it's not really a source of controversy. I think it probably should be, because it massively distorted the way the U.S. Congress works. Now, the 18th Amendment got rid of, you know, implemented alcohol prohibition, and the 19th Amendment repealed that. So we have a precedent in this country for recognizing when we've made a constitutional error. And I would say the 17th Amendment is one of those things If we... I mean, really, the, just the elections the other day would have turned out very differently without that little uh, uh, distorting twist that happened with the 17th Amendment, which I think was only passed in something like 1913. Well, how do we undo it then if we're never going to have a supermajority in that way by enough places? I mean, it's one thing to say repeal it, and I agree with you 100%. How do we do that? Well, uh, for one thing, I think we need to start talking about it. That's one deal. But And also, we need to get reasonable people back in charge of uh, the Senate, which I think, you know, it, it might have happened this time if we had played our cards right, uh, but, but it didn't happen. It just means that we're going to put it off to the future. Uh, I think the crisis in this country is going to get bad enough that we can get majorities that are sensible and ready and brave and can make the requisite uh, change that we, that we need. The kinds of change we need is 
towards a more decentralized system of dismantling of the administrative structures of the state, a restoration of the bicameral system of Congress. In other words, really restore that original constitution the way they imagine things. And, you know, I, I hear a, a, a hint of despair in your voice, and I, I think you're speaking for mm -hmm. many people, uh, uh, many viewers. I mean, I, I've, we've all, I've been to se several social occasions since last Tuesday, and and uh, everybody's really down in the dumps, right? And I'm not talking about diehard Republicans. We're not talking about, you know, card-carrying GOP, rah, rah, rah types. I mean, I'm just talking about, like, regular people who really want their lives back and want their liberties back and, and want uh, the normal country that they remember just from a few years ago back. And they wonder if the electoral system is even... Uh, uh, free of corruption enough to give us an honest result anymore, or if we're, you know, this are we permanently doomed? A lot of sadness out there these days. And uh, yeah. well, look, because, you you nailed it for me. I'm I'm going yeah. to it. Yeah, no, everybody is, and uh, and I'm not here to you know to cheer, cheer people up really. I mean, <laughs> that's not my job. Uh, however, I would say that uh, I would say that if we are going to make a fix, the primary a way to fix it is through uh, influencing our families, our, our friends, and our communities towards uh, believing that life can be better than it is right now. And the best way to reform it is to restore the ideals of freedom. Like, we've got to get back to that. Those clips you played at the beginning of the show were just really, frankly, appalling. I mean, we've got we've got a strange ideology on loose uh, loose in this land, which is summed up by this this term woke, you know, which which doesn't believe in freedom, doesn't believe in free speech, doesn't believe in any of the things that actually uh, uh, founded this country, any of the values that we actually believe in. It's it's a quasi Marxist uh, outlook. A lot of it is uh, uh, rooted in fakery. I mean, I don't know if you've been following the case of of the FTX scandal and Sam Bankman-Fried, uh, but he's a hilarious figure who, who learned out very quickly that he only needed to learn to, to mouth, you know, five or six uh, woke cliches and he could get uh, billions in, in VC funding poured on his head. He was running an obvious scam. But, but in his, uh, his text messages that have been uh, uh, released, he said, uh, he always knew it was just. He, he said it was. It was all a big hoax in the very beginning. Woke ideology is nothing other than a, a shibboleth that uh, uh, is in, invented to to trick trick people into thinking you're a virtuous person while you're actually engaged in in uh, in, in, in robberies and, and scams and schemes. So I thought that was a, a, a hilarious admission on his part because we all know it's true. We know it's true. It's, so it's true. just things people say. Yep. Jeffrey Tucker, please come back soon. That was outstanding. Thank you, sir. It's wonderful to talk to you. Take care, my friend. Sharp dude. Got to get him back more. All right. Final thoughts. Next. I know a lot of that might hurt to hear. Not easy. Divorce ain't easy. It's hard. Especially when you're a patriot, as you probably are. You love the country. I love the country. It hurts. Just understand, when I talk about this, I see where this is going, and it's not a pretty place. And when it really gets to that ugly place where this is going, when we do as a nation, when we get there, you are going to want to be on the right side of the line when we get there. Believe me when I tell you that, all right? All right, we'll do it again.